0: Hey, 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 and welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited that you are here today. I'm tackling a topic that so many have asked uh, questions about how I'm handling being pregnant with two small kids at home. Um, but also, I'm just going to give you some of my tips and tricks, not only with just having small kids and how I'm handling that, but then also what to do if your little one is picky on top of that. Like, oh my gosh, we only have so much energy, right? I'm pregnant. I'm growing a new human. And at the same time, my kid is like throwing his food across the room. And you're like, can we just not, can we just eat the food, not have the tantrum today and move on, right? So today I'm giving you my best tips and tricks for keeping the nausea at bay, handling other kids, and also how to parent them while you're maybe not feeling your best. So let's dive in. Okay, the very first thing that I want to start off with, and probably most of you are going to guess that I am going to say this, is give yourself so much grace. This may not be your best parenting season. This may not be your shining moments as a mom, but the biggest thing that your kids need from you right now is just your presence, right? So even if you're laying on the couch, even if your head is hanging over the toilet, being near to them is what's most important. So there's a lot that helps when you start to relieve a little bit of the stress and pressure that you put on yourself and acknowledge that this season isn't going to be equivalent to the last season that you just spent with your kid when they were around and you weren't pregnant. Your energy levels are going to be different. So A, that is huge, is giving your Yourself some grace, not beating yourself up, and also finding ways to encourage independent play. This was super helpful. Now, I have two kids now, so they actually, it's not even independent play, they play with each other. So, finding different strategies, tips, tricks, games that they can do together, if any time you can put them on the same team versus competing, highly recommend. And so, finding ways that they can do that. We got a trampoline. Oh my gosh. It saved our life, like truly really saved our life. Our friends moved out of uh, out of state, and they were like, "We literally just can't fit this trampoline in our moving van." So we went and snatched it, and I had no idea what a game changer this would be for both my kids. They love playing on it. It gets them outside. I have like a mom window that I can watch them from and talk to them through the screen if I need to. Of course, if I need to be out there present, I will be. But having them play like that is so helpful. So do not underestimate spending your money on something that will help you help them be more independent. So that is huge. The next thing is screen time. Now, not only did I relax a little bit on how much screen time they get, which I've actually never had like an official daily amount, it depends on my energy, it depends on their energy, it depends on their moods, it depends on how much sleep they got last night, if they're sick, all the things. Our screen time is ever-evolving, ever-changing. I do try to keep it in the afternoons because my kids typically behave and uh, I should say behaviors are better when they don't get screen time first thing in the morning. For us, it just seems to like go downhill very quickly. So using that screen time and leveraging it during the time of day where you're most sick, where you have the least amount of energy, or when you just need a second to yourself to maybe go throw up. Okay, So if you are pregnant, maybe relax a little bit on the screen time. Of course, we can find some educational TV shows, some educational apps, things like that. But also knowing that using that TV time to leverage your energy, to leverage You know, your home environment is huge, not just throwing it on just to throw it on because you can, but using it to do what you need to do is huge huge. So that would be huge. Um, the next thing is utilizing nap time and quiet time. So if your little one still naps, then that is an excellent time for you to catch up on a nap. Do not clean the home in this time period. Do not try and get little work things done here and there, or use your energy. This is your time to build back up energy so you can make it through the rest of the day. So use that nap time. If your little one is no longer napping, I highly encourage you to figure out how to implement a quiet time routine. This was huge. My son stopped napping Honestly, kind of late. He was like four, um, where he like completely dropped his naps, and or like, maybe even four and a half, but we kept doing quiet time. Every once in a while, he would still fall asleep, but his quiet time was his to do with. Now, a lot of times, we set him up in his room with a few books, quiet activities. Luckily, our master bedroom also like looks directly into his room, so I can still keep an eye on him. But if you have a baby monitor, you can do that too for your little one, and just give them a preset list of different things and activities that they can do, set it up for them in their room. Um, give them choices around it, and if you don 't already have some sort of clock that tells them when it 's okay to come out of their room and when it, when they need to stay in their room, this was you to rest too so during quiet time, their clock their like hatch sleep um, alarm clock is red and it's quiet time in the room, and then when it turns green, they're allowed to come out. So this is super helpful to manage that time expectation. Now, if quiet time is new to your kid, then this is gonna be a process of getting them used to it. So you might need to start with 10 to 15 minutes of quiet time at a time, and then build up from there. In our home, it's an hour and a half, and I am so grateful for it every day. Now, my son's a little bit older, and now he's in school, um, but he wasn't when I first got pregnant. And so it's kind of been like an ever-evolving thing, but when he's in school, obviously I just have my three-year-old daughter, so she's still fully napping. But even on the weekends when my son is home, we'll do quiet time. Now it looks a little bit different. Now is his quiet time is usually part of his screen time. So he can either play outside, play in his room quietly, play in the house quietly, which usually he prefers, or he can watch a show or a movie or something like that during this quiet time. Again, leveraging those opportunities of a screen time to partner and pair with my daughter's nap time is huge for me. This gives me complete downtime, give or take. Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never-ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential, living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because At the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life, feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating. But then she took table talk. And at the end, she said, since taking table talk, my daughter's foods likes and loves is over a hundred. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over a hundred foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater. All right, you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in Table Talk today. And when you do that, you will also get my Demystifying Desserts mini course completely for free. This course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar. All right, click the link in the description box below to get started today. Okay, the next thing I want to talk to you about is how I handled my nausea. So I had pretty bad nausea. I wouldn't say severe by any stretch of the imagination, but just debilitating nausea. I never actually threw up with this pregnancy. That's pretty common in most of my pregnancies. It's just really debilitating But I don't actually throw up, thank the Lord. But it's so frustrating to feel nauseous. You can't play, you can't spin around, you can't cook, you can't eat really even sometimes. And so it can be really frustrating to keep your energy up and to feel nauseous. So the biggest things that I did was I didn't let my stomach get empty. I always had crackers or nuts or something close by, usually salty and carbohydrate based to fill up my stomach so that I didn't um, get too sick. Cause if my stomach was empty, that's when I would get the most nauseous, which sounds counter- counterintuitive because food also made me nauseous, <laughs> but honestly, having something in my stomach was huge. So we had snacks, all the time. and Of course, my kids wanted snacks when I had snacks. And so I had to like let go the reins a little bit of our meal and snack schedule. And that is okay. If you need to do that for a period of time for a season, that is completely fine. Of course, one day the goal is to get back on track, but right now your priorities are growing that baby. The next thing I did to keep my nausea at bay was try to get good sleep, which if you know me at all, I am a night owl. It is very difficult for me, but I did notice a big difference with sleep. Um, Getting outside, that fresh air, even opening the windows made a big difference on how I was feeling. Staying nice and hydrated, even though I didn't want to be. Avoiding drinking coffee, not because the old science about not drinking coffee while pregnant, which is not true, but because it would make me nauseous, uh, which is very common for most women. I actually didn't even like the taste of coffee early in pregnancy. So that was a little bit easier to do. Um, but just play around with it. Maybe for you, it doesn't affect your nausea, but if it does, you'll know. (laughs) So try it out and see how that goes. Uh, especially drinking coffee on like an empty stomach or Um, in between meals uh, was not helpful for me. I needed to drink it with my food um, and definitely having food in my stomach. So that was huge as far as nausea goes. Uh, Drinking some sort of electrolyte drink, I actually just add drops of electrolytes into my water. I don't like buy anything fancy like Gatorade or I don't know, what are all the, like the different drinks out there? I just think those are way overpriced. Usually don't taste good. I don't like sugar substitutes. and Most of them have those in there. Um, and I certainly don't want to be drinking a ton of sugar either. So for me, it's just electrolyte dry drops. I think I have them in my Amazon shop um, and I just put them directly into my water. Electrolytes during pregnancy make a huge difference. This is typically where our nausea is coming from is that things are not necessarily getting to where they need to get to when you're pregnant in your body, like on a cellular level. And the way that things get to where they need to go, like get transported are electrolytes. So those electrolytes are super important and most of us are depleted. With that being said, I also supplemented with vitamin B6 that can help with nausea, um, niacin. So that was really helpful. I did notice a difference when I would take those regularly, not just here and there when I needed it, but truly made a habit out of it which leads me to my next change that I did for my nausea, and that is to uh, switch my prenatals. So prenatals, uh, some of them that have iron in them can actually make you nauseous. Iron in especially an empty stomach can make you nauseous, Um, but I switched to a more gentle prenatal by Ritual. I've worked with them before. I don't currently have a code for you, but I absolutely love them. Not only is it super gentle on my stomach, um, it's like slow releasing, I believe, but on top of that, it's also like citrus-flavored, and it just doesn't suck to take. Okay. And so I do take those. I also take them at night, um, which I don't have to with ritual. I've done it in the morning and have been completely fine. But if your prenatal is making you nauseous, like you're feeling nauseous 30 to 60 minutes after taking it, uh, it might be worth it to try to take it right before you go to sleep so that that nausea doesn't hit. Okay. I also got really realistic with my, um, time windows. Like what times I felt good, what times I didn't feel good. I got honest with myself in the moment. Like a lot of times I would be like, oh, it's not that big a deal. I can just like push through it and it'll always make it worse. So I would recognize when I started to feel sick and I would go sit on the couch or lay down or get a glass of water, or try to eat something small, like crackers or something along those lines. But In general, and this may not be the case for you, but I noticed kind of a rhythm happening every day. So I would wake up and my best times were from when I woke up till about mid-afternoon. I would have some nausea bouts here and there, but nothing crazy debilitating until the afternoon. I know they call it morning sickness, but most women I talk to have it either all day, so not just in the morning, or mostly in the afternoons or night. So mine would get worse as the day went on, which means I was really capitalizing on that morning time, whether that was trying to wake up a little bit early or just using that time to set up the day so I knew what that afternoon and evening would look like. That's when I would actually start cooking dinner. I'd throw things in the crock pot because I could stand Uh, the smell of raw meat or (laughs) cutting up an onion or things like that. I couldn't really do that at 5 p.m. And so whenever I didn't have dinner prepared earlier, my husband would either have to cook, which was typically quesadillas or grilled cheese, or we'd have to do takeout um, or some sort of leftovers, mishmash, like whatever we could put together because I could not, I literally could not cook. Um, Of course, that on top of the exhaustion that I was feeling as well. So I tried to get really good at capitalizing on that morning early afternoon window of doing all the things I knew I wanted to get done that day because if it hit like 2 p.m., 3 p.m., I knew it was no longer going to get done. The pregnancy and postpartum stage of life is no joke, and staying healthy and active during this season of life can be a complete struggle, if I'm being honest. That is why I wanted to share with you one of my all-time favorite hands-down resources with you, the Expecting and Empowered app. If you have not downloaded this app yet go ahead and do yourself a favor all the information is in the description box below plus a discount code for you to download it today but it is truly filled with safe effective workouts for pregnant moms postpartum moms breastfeeding moms moms who want to get back to running moms who want to do strength workouts all of the things it is covered in this app for you Now, listen, I don't know about you, but I don't have the time or mental energy or really education to figure out and choreograph all my own workouts, especially ones that are safe for healing or pregnancy or nursing, all of those sorts of things. And these ladies do it all for you. All the workouts are in there, whether you want to do cardio or strength, whether you just want to recover and heal and rest and restore your body. It's all in there with minimal equipment. I can even stay home. I absolutely love this app. So you can download it by clicking below and don't forget to use my discount code to save big. All right, now back to the show. Something else that I found really helpful was to set up some sort of system or time blocking Management, but essentially, like different activities for the kids on different days. So, I just knew like Mondays would be like an arts and crafts day. So, I'm looking for like a quick arts and crafts thing. Uh, Tuesday would be outdoor play. As long as the weather was nice, we would go to a park. Wednesday, I can't even remember now. I think Wednesday uh, was. Oh yeah. Wednesday was water day, Wednesday water. Uh, so like bath sprinklers, if we could, uh, obviously depending on the weather, um, water table, water sensory, letting my kids do the dishes, like whatever it might be to keep them entertained with water. So every day I kind of had an idea of an activity or something I wanted to do either with them or let them do. So I didn't have to think of it in the moment. It's, I feel very stressed when I need to come up with something in the moment for, the, for my kids. When I have it planned out or scheduled out or themed out in this case, it was so much easier. Even if we were doing the same activity every Monday, they hadn't seen it for a week. So it was totally fine to just like bring that back in. So having, and when I say activity, I am not like a big Pinterest mom. I don't have all the things. I don't pull out a ton of stuff. It's literally just like I said on Wednesdays, like sometimes my daughter would just like play in the sink and do dishes. Like she loves that. She absolutely loves it. She just fill the sink with some bubbly water and she goes to town. And no, the dishes aren't actually clean by the end, but she is entertained and I get to rest at least from couch near her. So just having some sort of theme was super, super helpful. And on that, I know not everyone has access to this, but asking for help. My mom lives 15 minutes down the road. My mother-in-law lives about 45 minutes away. I have uh, really close friends all over the city of Denver that I can go to their house and have playdates. Many of them even offered to have uh, my son be dropped off for play dates and things like that. My next door neighbor has kids the exact same ages as my first two, which is really nice. So they'll just like go over there and play, or even their kids coming over here and playing, even though it's more kids in my house, they're entertained. They're excited. They're playing really well and their ages really facilitate that too. So I have a three-year-old and a now seven-year-old, but for the most of my pregnancy, he was six. And so a three and six-year-old, you know, they are a little bit more independent. They are a little bit more able to do things on their own, to uh, communicate their needs, to play with other kids. So if you have kids who are smaller than that, who are like one and a half, you know, and things like that, and you're being, and you're pregnant at the same time, that is a big difference than having a three and six year old. So also just recognize that, that what you might see from me isn't going to be as attainable for you and that's okay. So finding ways that you can ask for help, use some playdates, uh, let other people come into your home and watch your kids if you can afford it um, to pay for someone to do that. Even if it's just like one time a week, I find that having that day, like, oh, on Wednesdays, my kids go over to my parents' house or whatever that might be. Then on Thursday or Friday or Monday, when things are getting hectic, I'm like, okay, just make it to Wednesday. Just make it to Wednesday. Just make it to Wednesday. Right? Like there's, there's this sense of relief that you know is coming. And when you know that's coming, sometimes you can get through really hard moments or, or really hard times because you know that you're going to have some relief soon. And then oftentimes, as soon as my parents would take them, I'd be like sad. and be like, wait, bring them back. They're being really cute. I want them to stay here. But just having that like, mental break of knowing that help is coming is huge. Anyways. Okay, I wanna talk really quickly about how to handle a picky eater while you're pregnant. So obviously food is a huge aversion for most pregnant women, myself included. Um, But on that note as well, we also know that with picky eating, we want to be offering variety. We want to be doing these different strategies and sometimes we just don't have the energy for it. So I'm here to tell you that it is okay if your kid's picky eating gets put on the back burner. That being said, what is it that you can do in this season to help prepare your kid for change around food. I always like to say the only thing that should stay the same with meeting your kid is change itself. So we want to keep things interesting. We want to keep things um, new and fresh and offer variety. So what I did with my kids is I didn't make it this big deal of totally different meals every day and a new vegetable every day and you know new shapes and all these sorts of things. No, 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 no. We just keep it really simple. We say, okay, I'm going to try not to serve the same food back to back, like day after day. So at least have one day in between serving leftovers or the same thing. So grilled cheese, Monday and Wednesday, not Monday and Tuesday, right? So they have a little bit of variation. Maybe if I make grilled cheese, I use orange cheese one time and then white cheese another time, or I use, you know, one kind of bread one time and a different kind of bread another time, or I cut it a different way. Even small changes like that still are keeping them, um, Kind of in tune with change, a different side. Maybe instead of blueberries, it's raspberries. Instead of cucumbers, it's zucchini. Whatever that might be, um, can be really, really helpful. So I would say just change one small thing every time you're feeding them and you're going to be okay. It's okay to loosen the reins a little bit right now. It's okay that this is not our season to shine or change or do all the things. Of course, if you want to work on picky eating now, because you can't handle a picky eater once the baby comes, that is also a completely valid uh, response to this entire kind of season of life. So if you're interested in that, of course you can take table talk. A lot of parents actually take it when they find out they're pregnant with number two, because they're like, okay, I need to get this under control so that my first kid doesn't teach my second kid how to be picky, right? And that is completely fair. So I will link everything down below if you want to learn more about that Table Talk self-paced course for tackling picky eating. Uh, But otherwise, I hope this episode was helpful for you. If you have any questions, you can always reach out in my DMs on Instagram over at Nutrition for Littles, and I will catch you next week.